This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing. And we got a room full of folks here today. We're going to talk for about gardening with you for two solid hours. And in return, you're going to listen to us asking you to become part of our team. That's just part of it. But it is a live call-in program. There's no uh, screen here. So, Java, you're going to have to tell me some of my calls and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. I can't see it with my, my bifocals anyway. I was about to say, that's usually how it goes anyway. I yeah. read the names. <laughs> yeah. How you doing this morning? Doing good, man. We're in our final day of drive time. And, uh, uh, you know, the Felder Rushing Gestalt Gardener listeners have always been so kind to us. So we thought we'll be... A little kind. Give them two hours of yeah, just garden calls. talk. Yeah, talking about stuff. And I got plenty to talk about. <clears throat> but it is a live program. So if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, mpb ring I brought some stuff for my garden to talk about. Just to, not so much brag, but, you know, because I, I, I'm not a good gardener. I'm a garden expert. You know, I've written the books and all that kind of stuff. And I went to college, and I've worked in garden centers and nurseries and blah, 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 blah. But when it comes to actually growing stuff, uh I'm just okay. I can plant stuff really well. But I mean, for example, this year I planted a bunch of sweet potatoes. Well, let me back up. The cauliflower. Yes, you know, sir. You were doing from that, your, that. From your garden. My garden. It wasn't great cauliflower, but I grew <laughs> it. Well, the, I also planted a bunch of sweet potatoes and gave them everything they needed to grow, not too much fertilizer, a lot of sun, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I dug them last week, and I had about as, I harvested about as many as I planted. <laughs> I know, I know. Just last, last week, the guy called in um, about the green. Onions, um, and he was saying why they weren't. Uh, well, not the green onions, the peppers. Yeah, the peppers. And he said why they weren't getting big, and you was like, mine aren't either. No, that's that's <laughs> right. I did grow a lot of peppers and all, but and uh, and I brought uh, some of my wildflowers that are that you know that 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 I enjoy because they're 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 pretty. They they attract butterflies and pollinators and all like that. But also they just make my garden look like it's part of Mississippi. And I brought a few heirloom plants that uh, that I've been growing that came from. Different gardens, there are roses and some chrysanthemums and stuff. And also, my parsley, you've heard parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. The holy trick. Well, no, not the holy trick. It's a but quadruple <laughs> There you go. Holy <laughs> quadrangle or whatever. Well, I, 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 my sage rotted. You oh, know, sage come on. doesn't like a lot of rainfall. I got a lot of rainfall. But I managed to get some. some uh, uh, lavender to grow, which ah. it'll rot sooner or later. But anyway, so I've got parsley, lavender, rosemary, and thyme. So lavender is a is a frequent essential oil around my house. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But uh, these others you can eat. But uh, anyway, between them uh, and these the, the uh, folks here at MPB, the drive time folks, yeah, know, the, they're prettier than we are. They smell between the herbs and them. It <laughs> smells good in here. Not 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 our usual Friday uh, morning smell. No, but it is a calling program. So folks, if you got some things on your your here it is towards the end of October mind, give us a call and let's talk about stuff. I'm I'm wide open for ideas. Is it time for the kale and the and the, and the the cold lettuces? Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I planted garlic. Finally, I've been talking about it for all these weeks. I finally planted garlic uh, last week. Okay, watered it a couple of three times and it's up already. 
Oh, so uh, so, and I got some kale plants. I sent them out to set them to to plant, and something came along and nibbled the top of them off. I wonder what it was. I I don't know, but probably (laughs) mice or squirrels. I don't know. But anyway, I'm gonna get some more this weekend, and I'm gonna actually plant them because my little raised bed garden. I actually put a little chicken wire fence around it. So once they get inside the the compound, they're okay. Okay. Sitting out on my deck waiting for me to plant. It's a race between dying because I didn't plant them or something eating them. Besides me. Well, so, yeah, we um we're, we're going to be having some pledge breaks in between today's show. Um, also, uh, uh, more cheesy tunes than normal. But today is a call-in program. I know it's unorthodox uh, for us on a drive time, but it is a two-hour show. We're going to be looking for your for your phone calls this morning for uh, Felder to give you some help with your Southern Garden this morning. Yeah, so if you want to give us a call of whatever, I know a lot of people have got questions because one of the things I did this year is I. I joined the Mississippi Gardening Facebook thing where people send in pictures of their gardens and sometimes they have, what's this? And, you know, we've got problems or, or here's something that I really, really enjoy, that kind of stuff. And um, and there's a lot of people concerned about things that, that, that you can do about and some things you can't do anything about. And that's where I come in because uh, it doesn't matter to me what people want to do or not. You want to have a fine, fancy golf course type lawn? I'm a turf guy. You want to have wildflowers? I'm a wildflower guy. So whatever you want to do, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to try to tell it from the garden's point of view rather than an opinion point of view. That makes sense. Yeah, that was just last week, too. You said you're going to tell it from the grass point of view. Yeah, yeah. Not so much yeah. uh, what the person, you know, this is what the grass wants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and that's the truth. You know, right now there's not much you can do. Raise your mower. You know, as high as you can, let the grass grow into the go into the wintertime high, so it has. Lit. But you'll also have fewer problems with weeds next spring, because the weeds need sunshine to sprout, and you're cutting it close gives them. So you got problems with stickers. That tells me you mowing your grass too close. There you Plain go. Simple. Now let's go ahead. We got a we got a phone call this morning um, during this special two hour edition of the Gestalt Gardener, and let's talk with uh, Bill. Bill from Greenwood. Hey, Bill. Good morning. How are you? Hey, Felder, if I knew he was going to be on two hours, I wouldn't have been such a hurry to call you. Well, what's but up, anyway, man? <laughs> anyway, I haven't been able to take care of my yard. I've been sick, and uh, it's kind of got out of hand, and I started noticing as it, as it got cooler, some red berries. I said, I wonder if I've got a yopon or something growing. But uh, what it is is a great big old crazy vine. It's all up in my trees, and it's everywhere. And it's got pretty red berries on it. I've never had seen that before. Yeah. Is that unusual? Are, are the, are it just they, came up. Yeah. Are they are they little clusters of really bright red berries? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's that's actually a native plant, and it's got a weird name. It's called Carolina snail seed. And the reason why, <laughs> if you if you take one of those berries and rub the seed out of it, it's like a curled up snail shell. I mean, I'm not I'm not can't make stuff up that quick on a Friday morning. But Carolina oh, snail yeah. shell, uh, the Latin name is Coculus carolinius or something like that. Anyway, it's a great native plant, and the leaves will fall, turn yellow and then fall off uh, later in the fall, and you'll have those little chains of bright red berries scattered all through your plant. Oh, will the birds eat them? Well, that's how it got there. The birds ate it, and they dropped that little snail <laughs> oh, seed-looking oh, oh, really? thing in your yard. Yep. So cool. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I've, I've got another thing. Uh, uh, I went to Walmart back in the spring, and I bought a real beautiful-looking uh Expensive flower. It was uh, unusual. It, 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 it had orange. It was real green, but it had orange blooms all over it. But it didn't have any name of the plant or anything. And of course, you know, it died as soon as uh, it, 
it blooms. Yeah. I was wondering what kind of uh, bulb don't or know. plant. That don't you, know. You know, I, I, made, I, I, made, I made a pretty accurate guess on the Carolina snail seed, but a plant that had orange flowers that died, no idea, man. Sorry. Really? Yep, sorry. Well. But anyway, yeah, ne- next time, if you get one, take a picture of it so we can talk about it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Why didn't I think about that? All righty, man. Thank you, Felder. Appreciate your call. So, I'm, 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 I'm one for two. You went, oh, because, he, yeah, you yeah. didn't. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard. This is like a billion flowers with green. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> I, I mean, can, with uh, I can orange. Guess. I can guess, you know, uh, I, my, 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 bra- my horticulture brain is not like a computer. It's like a book, and I can flip through the pages real quick and, over, you know, overlay things, and I, I immediately have plants, orange, and it got complicated. They said, then it died. I'm thinking, and he said Walmart, and they get stuff from all over the country, so no tell. But if it had just come up, I'd have probably known it. Cause it's like an input overload. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, let's go to uh, Jim and Jackson uh, up next this morning. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Good morning, Felder. How are you? Good. Um, I was curious about your comment about growing lavender because I had always understood it really wouldn't survive a Mississippi summer. Do you know what variety you got? Yeah, I grow a variety called Phenomenal. Uh, It's a fairly new variety. It's a patented variety, uh, and and you can get it. I've seen it at garden centers and online, but Phenomenal is a traditional lavender, and it'll take the heat and the humidity a little bit better than some of the others, even down in Florida. But even then, if you don't shear it every year, keep it, you know, small, if you let it get, you know, woody and all like that, it's sooner or later a heavy rain is going to take it out. It just doesn't like our, our hot, humid summer nights and throwing some rain on it. It just steams it. But uh, lavender growing in a pot or plant on top of the ground with gravel piled up to it and never watered has a, a better better than average uh, chance of surviving, at least for a while. If you treat it like a, a one- or two-year annual, it grows great. And a lot of people spend as much money on their their pepper plants as as, as you could set out a little lavender every year. So the main thing okay. is it just won't grow for years and years like it will in a cooler climate. Got you. I understand. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah, I just learned about phenomenal about three or four years ago, and I got a plant now that's three years old. That, you know? yeah. that actual plant right there. Yeah, well, and, and it and actually roots. So the idea would be to plant some of this phenomenal variety, and then every year shear it to keep it you know young and you know not letting it get old and woody but just keep it young with new growth and the stuff you cut off you can turn it into a pillowcase or whatever you do with lavender <laughs> or else you can just root it and keep you some new plants coming on all along so you know it just takes a little bit more horticulture than just sticking it out and expecting it to live yeah because you said it's more for a cooler climate right Yep, yep. It, well, it, it yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it'll grow hanging off a hillside along the Mediterranean, but it cools down at night there. And what kills our plants, what kills plants from Europe and places like that, is when it cools down here at night to higher than it gets up to there. There you go. <laughs> and human. Well, you know what it's like. Yeah, no, you yeah. Know? So anyway, it's a, how are we going to do the drive time thing? I mean, we've never done this thing before. Yeah, it's a special two-hour program. So I know Bill from Greenwood, he said if he would have known it was two hours, he would have waited to call. But that's not that's not what we want people to do. We want people to call in uh, call in now and uh, get your uh, Southern Gardening questions answered. But as we do each and every drive time, uh, Felder, this has really become like a tradition. I want And before we go to Liz and Lisa, who's going to give us some more information about plays this morning, 
morning. I want you to set up this uh, Gus Muhammad song because I see it's been since 2018 um, when he was doing the Dear Felder, Dear Felders. We've yeah. been playing this song. Gus, an old friend from up in Belzone, and uh, he's a nurse. And uh, he what he does is is uh, he takes. He records stuff. He's a he's a cool performer. But he did this thing for. He's been supporting MPB for a long time. One of our our best supporters. And he decided to come up with a little little jingle to help us out. So this is Gus Mohammed from Belzona, and uh, he did a special drive time thing called Dear Felder, Dear Felder. And after this, we're going to be listening to Lisa and Liz tell us some more about how you can support during this drive time special two-hour edition of the Gestalt Garden. And, and, and we're not going to do this if it doesn't work, so folks, give us a call, because, you know, <laughs> this is, you know, we're, we're not just doing an hour of just begging stuff. We're having fun for a couple hours, and in turn, keep us on the air. And I see the calls are coming in, so they're yeah. listening. They're listening. <laughs> Give us a call, 1-888-372-4483 to send us your pledge. And here's Gus Muhammad. Dear Felder, dear Felder, we sure love your show. You play cheesy music and share what you know about gardening and fun things and making things pretty. Helping us all, even kids, to get dirty. Sign, dear gardener. Dear gardener, dear gardener, I love what we do. By planning and tending, we help the world too. Your phone calls and emails help Java and me jive. Now please call, support us, and keep this show live. Sign, dear Felder. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Playing with my friends. That's what I'm doing. I'm having a good time. All these folks at MPV, they make it easy for me to come in once a week and just yak with people about gardening. And i uh, got plenty of stuff to yak about, but it's a call-in program like usual, so we're going to start off by going down to Mobile, Alabama. Good morning, Louise. How are you this morning? Good morning, Felder. I'm just fine. I'm out here in my yard trimming stuff. Ain't it a pretty day? Oh, boy, the best. Yeah, um, I have... A question about my satsumas. Last year I had so many small to medium-sized satsumas, really juicy. I trimmed them like you told me that when they started coming up being about cherry size. Uh-huh. And I, I had more than I could give away. This year I have a few, maybe a dozen. They're huge and uh, they're kind of juicy, but the membrane is really tough. Yeah. So what is it I did wrong? Was I supposed to fertilize them or something? You know, I, I, I don't, but this is over the whole tree. It's not just one branch, right? Right. Well, half of the tree, the other 
half has nothing on it. Yeah. There's several branches. Well, uh, assuming that it's not something that came up from below the graft and you've got a, you know, your rootstock sprouting or something, assuming it is a satsuma, you know, a lot of things affect fruit production. One is uh, this thing called biennial bearing. Uh, a lot of times a fruit plant will make a heavy crop one year and it weakens it and it just does, you know, okay the next year. You know, this is okay. real common in some things like apples and pecans are notorious. It'll have a good crop one out of every four years and that's about it. Uh, followed by a, a nothing year and then a couple of so-so. So it could just be that and the weather, you know. So, uh, you know, but follow those branches back. And as long as they're connected to the tree itself and it, so we know it is a satsuma not coming from down, you know, near the ground, then it's just going to be a weather thing. That's all it is. Sometimes, okay. you know, some some years it works, some years it doesn't. I like that. I have one more question that you can answer. Sure. Fertilizing. I'm, I'm always really not doing it. Is this a bad time of the year? Should I wait till April to fertilize anything like the bushes? In general, we oh. want to put fertilizer out there when the plants can use it, which is early in the growing season. You know, so so late late winter, spring is the time to fertilize things that grow over the summertime. The only things I'd fertilize in the fall would be things that grow over the winter, like daffodils and you know things that that come up in the fall, bloom in the spring, and then die down. You know, that's the beginning of their season. But in general, you fertilize uh, sometime in the late winter or spring. And a lot of people say you do it this way and you do it that way, and it's not that big a deal, and you don't have to do it every year. You know, Aunt Mamie never fertilized nothing, and her plants did fine. They would have done better, you know. But the main thing is don't over-fertilize. All the recommendations are based on commercial production, and it assumes you're doing all sorts of other stuff like watering and all that. So in general, if you throw a little fertilizer under your trees and shrubs, I'm going to say every three or four years. Every two or three years be better. More than once a year, eh, not that big a deal. So sometime, some, sometime in the late winter, spring, uh, every year, or two or three or four. Since I haven't been kind of lazy the last two years, I will just have to do nothing until spring, before, just before spring, late winter. What about watering right now? No, nope. well, if it's really, really dry, I watered a couple of plants the other day. I hate to water. I, I, I'd like to. I, I dislike watering so much that I needed a hose exactly eleven feet long to reach my potted plants. So I took a twenty-five foot hose, the shortest I could buy, and I cut it off to eleven feet, so I don't have to roll up twenty-five feet. I got to put my thumb over the end of the hose, over the end of the hose, because I didn't get a little squirt thing on the end. But you know, the, the main thing is give plants a good, good soaking at least once a month that we go without rain. But just pot it once. Oh no, no, you pot it. You know, potted plants when they get dry, potted plants dry out more quickly. I'm talking about stuff. You know, you ride around Mobile, old part of Mobile, you can see all sorts of trees and shrubs and flowers, and it hadn't been watered ever, and they do okay. So the main thing, help them out. In ground stuff, at least once a month if you can. But potted plants as soon as they get dry. And the lawn, the lawn. You know, if you again, if you ride around town, you see a lot of lawns in churches and schools and you know in old parts of town that never get watered and they do okay. But grass like it grows best if it gets a good fertilizing, a, a good watering every three or four weeks to keep it going. But if you don't, it just shuts down. It'll come back as soon as it rains. So it's it's up to how much quality you want. And if you want it to really grow really, really well, fertilize it, water it. And if you just want to mow what grows, just mow what grows. Okay. Put the fertilizer away for now until late late fall, I mean late winter. That's right. You would you wouldn't give a, you would not give a kid a Snickers bar right before bed. Well don't fertilize your plants right before they go down for the winter. <laughs> 
Okay, thank you so much. You bet, Louis. Hey, hey, and by the way, I'm going to be in Mobile on the 30th in about a, uh, a week and a half, two weeks, whenever the 30th is. We're doing this big plant swap uh, that's, that's at the Central Presbyterian uh, Community Garden. Uh, Central Pres Church is down at Dolphin and St. Anne. Uh, Joe Pierce, a guy, he's been, they've been doing this for a long time. A lot of people bring plants, and, uh, you know, it's a free thing. So, you know, grab a plant, uh, get a friend, come on down on October the 30th. Which is a Saturday. I'll be there in my truck with all the flowers going in the back of it. Okay. I, I, I went to see you when you had a talk down in uh, was it Fairhope? Somewhere <laughs> in Baldwin County. I took a picture of your truck and I got a picture of you. And I'm certainly going to be there on the 30th. Okay, well, bring a plant. Let's have a good time. I have to bring a plant. What about a plant? You don't have to bring a plant. Louis, 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 Louis. Don't bring a plant if you got one. Otherwise, just come on down. And uh, and depending on what the COVID thing is, we might may or may not hug each other's necks if you wear a mask. Yeah, well, I okay. think that's the next thing I do. Okay. Well, we got to scoot, Louis. Look forward to seeing okay. you. Okay, thanks. Bye bye. And by the way, Java, one of the you know pros and cons of this past year. Uh-huh. One of the things we all been cooped up, but we took MPB on the road this past spring. Yeah, now that was that was really fun, especially I, I guess it was fun. The last stop of the oh, tour. Oh, you're gonna bring this up in I know. Cleveland. I have to because you were in the truck. With the flowers in the back. With the flowers in the Woo-hoo, back. Woohoo, Mr. Big, big Mr. Big Shot. <laughs> and I can say on, I can say, uh, and Lisa, yeah, Lisa was there. I can tell you, you were not following directions. No, I, and, I said, and I got said, stuck in the mud. And it then wasn't we, the mud. I and got stuck in the grass. We, including Executive Director Ronnie Agnew, had to come and push you out of the mud. Yep. I took pictures. Yeah, we have photographic yeah. evidence. That's a, but 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 we had fun. We, looking no. back, it was it was funny. It was humorous, but it was so much fun, and so many people came out uh, to, to 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 join us in these live broadcasts. Yeah, it and, was it was a very good time because it was right after uh, you know we had been like you said we had been cooped up, so it yeah. was good to go out and, and and be amongst the people. Yep, we went all over the place, and we we're able to do that because of generous support of people. Yes. It wouldn't have been uh, possible without the help from the MPB Foundation. And the MPB Foundation is supported by the people who are listening to this program right now. Yeah. So we got two numbers. One, if you want to call in and talk about gardening. And yeah. I can't remember the other ones at all. The, well, one eight seven seven mpb ring our regular number, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If you have a uh, um, uh, a garden question this yeah, morning. Yeah. But then if you want to be a supporter, you want to become a sustainer, or you want to make a one-time gift, it's 888-372-4483. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they mentioned, uh, Lisa mentioned earlier that uh, that that one of the prizes, not prizes, a drawing of three of my books, My all these books I've written, only three are important to me, The Past Long Plants, Slow Gardening, Maverick Garden is about plants, process and people and we're putting that together as a little bundle for folks also with a um with the uh amazon kindle oh, yeah. um with the with the gift card to uh get some books and things so that's all in uh today's drawing but we i do really I, we really need folks to help out we really do it's, and a, we, it's a gamble doing a call-in program and uh drive time yeah but we've been getting a lot of support during this uh during this drive so we want to thank everybody who's supported but you know also want to thank everybody who's 
going to support as we're here for two hours during the Gestalt Gardener, uh, 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464 to get your Southern Gardening questions answered. But, Felder, I got a question for you. Yeah. You've been on the radio for... 1983. As I always you tell you. You weren't even born I wasn't even born yet. But when did you start doing the cheesy tune, though? I've always done a cheesy tune. Always. But where does this collection come from? Because this next song I want to play is, I don't I don't even I, know, know how this was made. It, you know, just like people who like corny jokes, they just sort of stick to you everywhere you go. And I hear cheesy tunes everywhere I go. And it's just to sort of lighten stuff up, just to make people smile. A lot of them are earworms. Yeah, you know, but a lot of them are just, 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 just cheesy. Well, let me see. See if you can tell me where you found this one from. Batman knows that plants will grow. Batman knows that plants will grow. Batman knows that plants will grow. Batman knows. Now, I wouldn't even know where to find something like that, Felder. And I, I and I fancy myself a DJ, a good I, DJ. <laughs> I, I have I have no idea that one. You know, I, I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, I've I've had that tune for a long time. Plant man knows where the plants will grow. Plant man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I appreciate that. We'd like people to give us a call and talk about gardening, but. Yeah, this is a um, Pledge Drive show, and in one moment we're going to have Lisa and Liz give you more details on how you can support during this Pledge Drive, this special two-hour edition of the Gestalt Gardener Pledge Drive edition. So if you want your Southern Gardening questions answered, one eight seven seven mpb ring our general every Friday morning number, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can give us a call. To become a member, become a sustainer, 1-888-372-4483. That's 1-888-372-4483. You can even text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to that number, 888-372-4483. And visit our website, mpbonline.org. Now, with more information, like I said, as promised, Leah's and Lisa. Thanks, Java. This is MPB Think Radio. We're in the middle of a Gestalt Gardener. Thank you for listening. I am Liz Gill. So, okay, here's the deal. There, are, These are the final hours of the on-air portion of the fall campaign, and we're looking to you to help make it successful. Think about what you can do as a citizen who believes in providing access to local news and local children's programs that make life better for you and countless others. Give an amount that's right for you. Call 888-372-4483 or do your part at mpbonline.org. And thanks. That's our way of life Digging through the day and through the night 
All righty, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rush. We're talking about gardening, digging in the dirt. Dirt, D-I-R-T, dirt. Which, by the way, a lot of master gardeners get mad at me because I say dirt, Java. It's not soil. It's soil. But, you know, I have, I'm from the <laughs> South. I can't say so, 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 it's soil. So, soil. But soil is from French, soilier, which means it's French for dirt. Dirt is from Old English drit, which is English for soil. And so, like, this, you know, it's dirt. You know, you soil your pants. I mean, come on. <laughs> you dig in the dirt. It's like just a round and round with that one. Well, you know, the, the whole idea of the Gestalt well, herbs Garden. Herbs and herbs. Herbs and herbs. Uh, oregano, oregano. Either, either. You know, potato, potato. The point is, gardening is not a it's not a set of rules horticulture is gardening is a big tent and we don't care who you are who your mom and them are with your whether you like gardening whether you just want to you know dig in the dirt whatever we are equal opportunity gardeners so whatever's your style give us a call it's toll-free one eight seven seven mpb ring and we're going to go back to the phone calls go up to water valley larry what's going on in the hills man all right, how you doing? So far, so good. I drove through your neck of the woods the other night on my way back from visiting the Oxford Community Center. I'm a community yes, garden. What you got going on? I've got daylilies. I've got several beds of daylilies. And after they bloom, I like to take some five, six-year-old gin, rotten gin trash, mm-hmm. and I cover them up, and I feed them. I call myself feeding them that during the wintertime. And they they come back big and pretty every year. Yeah. But what can I spray that will kill the grass in these beds? Hey, you know, that's a really, really good question uh, because a lot of our grasses are perennial, like Bermuda grasses. They come up from roots. And, you know, right. you, you, know you put right. other stuff on there, it's going to hurt your daylilies. Um, and usually I don't recommend chemicals just because it's just a general principle. If you can get away with it, don't. But there is one that, that only kills true grasses. It won't kill monkey grass, which is a lily. It won't kill irises. It won't kill daylilies. It only kills true grasses. The problem is you have to spray it on the grasses when they're young and small and actively growing, which means next spring. Uh, and it goes by a whole bunch. There's a bunch of different brands of it. You know, I think one's called Grass Be Gone and one's called Over the Top. But it only kills true grasses and then degrades into carbohydrates. It disappears. doesn't poison everything. So I can't remember all the different brand names, but um, uh, I, th- I know that Grass now, Be I've Gone. I've heard of that grass. Yeah, I've heard of Grass Be Gone. Okay, not Weed Be Gone because that'll take your daylilies out too, but Grass Be Gone. And there's some other brand names. I try not to get into that here on, on MP or anytime, really. But uh, if you'll go to a garden center and say, I want the stuff that only kills grasses, they'll know what you're talking about. Uh, but again, okay. let the grasses come up in the spring, you know, you know when, they're, when they're actively growing. That's when it works the best, not right now. Okay, okay, okay. All righty. Oh, no, 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 no. I got a question for you. What's up with all these daylilies? Why are you, I'm going to say you people, you daylily people are nuts. Well, I've got, I try to keep up with mine, and uh, I'll uh, dig them up and I'll separate them, and I'm up to around 560-something right now. You know, daylily people just can't, you can't help yourselves, can you? 
They're pretty. They're, they're beautiful flowers. <laughs> well, one, one thing I can say about daylily people, you know, the rose people, the iris people, the camellia people, all the different kinds of plant collector groups, daylily folks tend to have the most interesting gardens because y'all plant a lot of other stuff out there is what they call companions. So you actually have a lot more flowers than, just de- than, the, than, than your favorite one. So anyway, keep it up, man. Keep it up. All righty. Thank you. Appreciate you. Larry, well, we appreciate you. Thank you. I, I hope I, I wasn't too aggressive with him, was I, Java? No, you weren't, but I didn't know that the daylily people had like their own kind of little thing. They can't help <laughs> themselves. You know, daylily people aren't aren't happy unless they got at least three or four hundred different kinds of daylilies. <laughs> you know, and, it, and I'm okay with that, but it is a personality type. I can say, I can tell because when when you asked him, he said he got about four or five hundred out there. <laughs> Real quick anecdote: years and years ago, I gave a talk up in uh, in in Massachusetts at a daylily place. This guy sold day, he had over ten uh, seven thousand five hundred different kind of daylilies for sale. Seventy five hundred. He told my daughter Zoe she can have whichever one she wants. I'm thinking, holy cow, some of these sell for like $300. Uh-huh. Anyway, she ran up. While I was giving my talk, she ran up and down. And up, and I got a picture of a little little girl in her dress going up and down all these daylilies. She came skipping up after the talk, and the, the owner, I was there. The other garden writer was there, the owner. He said, well, Zoe, which daylily did you pick out? And she said, well, I really didn't see one that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> out of the 7,000. <laughs> because she grew that common old. It still does that common old double orange daylily that daylily people don't like because it's so common. Uh, that old orange one, which is a single most commonly planted, pass along shared plant on earth. And, you know, you can put it on top of the ground and scooch dirt up around the roots and it'll grow. Now, that's, so, that's, that, that says something yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. It really does. Now, if you want to uh, talk with Felder this morning, we are taking your calls during this special Pledge Drive program, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 But, uh, Felder, I know we were talking about the cheesy tune, and uh, somebody actually uh, called in to the, to the phone lines and told us about that Plant Man song. Oh, well, that was Kevin. Kevin knows everything, man. <laughs> okay, and I, I want to hear more because I just, I just, it was just a cheesy tune to me. Kevin, Kevin, get on, get on the mic because this was uh, featured in the MTV show uh, Beavis and Butthead. Right, it was on season five, which <clears throat> I looked it up, and, and again, it's not me. I do have a smartphone that has Google, so I, I can't claim to, to know things, but I love to look things up when something like this. You comes know, this up. is Think Radio. That's right. Uh, but from the drummer of it was it Java uh, indie rock band the what is, is it the, the pavement yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it's not as it's not as ex- obscure as I was thinking <laughs> no so anybody who watched Beavis and Butthead knows all about the Plant Man exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can say that on public radio, can't we? Yeah, this is one of the only few places where you can get that kind of information right there. On a gardening show, 9 o'clock in the morning, and yeah. we're talking about beavers and butthead. And by the way, speaking <laughs> of things that we can mention, I, I mentioned there's going to be a plant swap in Mobile on the, on the 30th. We'll talk about that next week. But this weekend, the Crosby Arboretum is having its fall native plant sale. You know, we get callers during the during the uh, the year. They want to know where they can get native azaleas and mountain laurels and Grancy Graybeard and all these other really cool 
but hard to find commercially native plants. Crawdraw read them today and tomorrow, Friday and Saturday, from 10 till 1. They got master gardeners, they got uh, experts here to help you stuff, but uh, it's the first it, exit one at Picayune, right before we go to Louisiana. Um, first road to the right off of exit one at Picayune takes around behind the Walmart. Crawdraw read them is a cool place. They're having their great fall native plant sale today and tomorrow, October 22, 23. Now, which one of the plant swaps, because we've talked about a plant swap, plant swap. Well, sale is the uh, is the oldest one in the universe. Oh, that's, that's one in in uh, 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 in Flora, okay, and I the, haven't heard from that. It's usually, you know, usually it's like the it should be coming up next Thursday, but I haven't heard anything about it. But the oldest plant swap in the known universe, and I was at it in like 19, 1990. I was at it, <laughs> yeah, at the Flora Library. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be this year or not because of COVID. Okay, okay. Well, I just, I, I knew about that. But next Saturday, you're going to be in Mobile. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a little cheesy tune break. Um, this is a special drive time edition of the Gestalt Gardener. But we are taking your phone calls. So one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. This is one of my favorite ones that we play um, um, here on the show. But it's because it has a little, a little creepy tinge to it. Through the Tulips. That's from the 1920s. And it's got singing on it, too. But, you know, Tiny Tim didn't invent these songs that he sang. He sang a bunch of old tunes from the from the teens and the 20s. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That was the Tiny Tim version because it's used in the movie... Uh uh, insidious and it's a scary it's a scary movie and it's just one of those songs i know if michelle was here she would be like don't play that song because it's creepy <laughs> yeah and, and by the way before we go to the drive time stuff let me mention this last you know for for years i've had this coffee cup the mpp coffee cup and i never washed it i rinsed it out but never washed it and it was just nasty dark chocolate stained and i actually left it at my son's house Back in the spring, and and my sweet daughter-in-law Stevie, she's a hot shot lawyer. She cleaned my cup. Wow! She cleaned it. How and dare I, she? Well, you know, she was just she's trying to straighten her dad up, her father-in-law, <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, I f- end up actually breaking it, and then y'all gave me a new cup that was clear, so I couldn't mess it up. An MPB clear coffee mug, and last week I brought it in with some goldfish in it. I just want to let you know, I, I, you know, we posted a picture. Yeah, we did. And, I, you know, if you can, you know, you can grow goldfish in a, in a coffee cup and a couple of plants. Well, I let them loose in my, my bigger pond. Okay. And they're doing fine. Okay, So people cool, were concerned cool, cool. that I was cooping them up, you know, because goldfish get big. But, no, I, I let them loose in a real garden. They're okay. That's cool. That's cool. But it was it was to your point, like you said, when starting with gardening and you may feel overwhelmed when you get to a big space. Yeah. Just start small. You started with you started what? with. The, Very. A, wow. A, <laughs> I learned I learned a few start things. Start small. And by the way, before I drank coffee in it again, I did wash it out. 
Oh, <laughs> because of the goldfish poop. Well, that's a good that's that's a good thing, Phil. <laughs> but this is a special drive time edition, and I know normally we would be coming off of the air, but we are uh, taking our phone calls. We have one coming through right now. One eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. But we're gonna take a little uh, pledge break to hear from Liz Gill, Lisa Lancaster, and let them know how how you can help out. Uh, during this final day, this final day, final hours of drive time, um, Felder, you you are a part of this uh, special gift that we're giving away today. Three of your books, right? Three of my books. That's right. And folks, you know, it's toward the end of the hour. But those you used to 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 you know going on to what's what's going on Mississippi. Forget the next name. stop Mississippi. Next stop Mississippi. We're going to do another hour of the Gestalt Gardener program live. So we're going to do a little drive time stuff and come back and talk to a lady from Columbia. That's what we're going to do. Alrighty, folks. Yep, horticulture's fell rushing, and me and Java and Kevin and Liz and all the other folks here at MPB. It's a live program, so if you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Now, Felder, before it's we go to the time. yeah, what? it's drive time, and before we go to the calls, have you ever been on on the, in the ten o'clock slot here on MPB? Nope. So this is a first. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like a, a like a yoo-hoo. <laughs> you know, let's do this. Bring it on. Let's talk about it. And we got some callers on the line, too. Yeah. Well, of, let's just jump right in. Let's go to Columbus and talk to, to is it uh, Dietrich? Yes. Yeah. Howdy. What's going on this morning? Hey, Felder. Good morning, man. How are you? So far, so good. Hey, you might have covered this already. I know you have in past series, but let me ask you a question. Um, about uh, uh, weeds and 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 far as going into the winter months in your lawn. Uh huh. Um, I know you said to to mow high and don't cut too low because that way we can shade out the weeds. Correct. That when your grass is healthier too when when it's mowed high. It's it's it's, ask- it's meant to be. It's a prairie plant, not a carpet. Okay, but let me ask you a question. Do we need to spray for like those dandelions and those thistles? And things that pop back up in the spring. Uh, you, well, you, there's, there's two approaches. Uh, two weeks ago, there's a brand new organization started. It's called Refuge Lawn. It's a bunch of researchers from across the South, and I'm one of them, looking at ways to make it where there's two kinds of lawns. There's a managed lawn, like everybody you know, told you're supposed to have, and what they call a meadow lawn. Uh, basically, mow what grows, which is what I was raised with. And if you got a few clovers and dandelions and violets and henbits, it's okay. Just mow it grows and the stuff that's out there in the wintertime is actually good for bees and butterflies that come out every nice sunny day in the middle of the winter there's bees and and butterflies out there so some people say you know just mow it grows and don't worry about the the weeds call them wildflowers but to answer your question if you want to control them the best time to control things that are weedy in the spring is to spray them in the winter not now because the grass is still green but if you got things like stickers and clover and dandelions and hidbit you just don't like them at all Make a note to, to go out and spray on a nice day in January or maybe early February. The weeds are small. They're more susceptible to the weed killers. Uh, it, it, it just does a better job and with least likely damaging your lawn. So okay. if you want to spray, okay. use a liquid spray, not a granule, not a pre-emerge, but a liquid spray. Nice warm day in January. And we're not thinking about them at 
all then. We don't think about them until they're blooming. And by then, the weed killers don't work as well on a plant that's growing, sending food up into flowers. So it's hard to kill them in late February, March, and April. It's easy in January. Okay. Let me ask you. Okay, that's great. Thank you. But let me ask you one other question. Is it too late to prune uh, shrubs? Actually, it's a little, yes, or a little too early. Here's the deal. If you cut plants in the late summer or fall, it's going to stimulate new growth. And that new growth, if it's too close to winter, it'll freeze in the winter. So we try not to do any hard pruning in uh, October, early part of, you know, late September, October, and wait till we get us a frost or freeze and the plants have stopped growing to neaten them up. You know, okay. You know, the only danger is a lot of time people shear their hedges and they put out real tender, lush growth, and it's so tender in the middle of winter it turns brown. Okay. So, okay, I got it. So Thank not, you, sir. You're, Thank you so much. You're, you're past being too late. You're just a little bit too early now. Okay. Okay. Then I'll just wait till the spring come and and trim back whatever I got yeah. to trim back. Yeah. I mean, you can neaten stuff up as soon as you get a frost, but you know, if you can do some hard pruning, let's wait till 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 you know. Closer to next summer. Okay, great. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the information. Dietrich, I appreciate it. And by the way, if you do leave some of these plant, these wildflowers, if you decide to control your, your, you know, the, the weeds, leave one or two clumps out there for the butterflies and birds. Put a little sign out. Put a little plastic Easter egg, something that says, I'm leaving these for y'all. And okay, just, just great. More, you know, just leave a few and just mow around them. Gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. You have a good weekend. Thank you. Starting out pretty darn good. This is a great way to start a week yakking about gardening. Let's slide up to Tupelo and see what's, what's on Betty's mind. Good morning. Good morning, Elder. How are you? Uh, I'm well, thank you. Good. You? Yep, so far. Good. I have in my yard a very old rose. Mm-hmm. It's small. I mean, it grows kind of, probably grows to five feet tall, right. kind of leggy, but the flowers are small. I would say an inch, inch and a quarter in diameter, mm-hmm. not many petals, pale, pale pink, and almost white, some of the petals. It blooms all the time? It blooms all through the summer uh-huh. and into the fall, yes, and it's been in my yard, I bet, a hundred years. Hmm. Any any thoughts? Not without looking at it. And here's the reason why. I work with, 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 with rose growers. I lecture at the Antique Rose Emporium in Texas, for example, just about every year. And I grow uh, probably 30 different kinds of roses in an old cemetery in Jackson just to show that, you know, that they grow. And I have seven or eight, maybe nine roses in my garden that are all ever-blooming. I've got three different pink ones. I'm looking at two right now that I brought in. And without looking at it, you know, there's so many really good pink old garden roses I, I just have to look at a uh, not only a flower but a flower and a bud okay. so if there's I, any way you could take a picture you put a flower yeah. and a bud you know side by side maybe you put a quarter in there so for size comparison then um if i don't know i've got several friends scattered around the south who who know more about roses than i do i learn from them and we'll try to put a name to it okay i will send pictures that sounds great one other quick thing um my sister is a composter, and she makes up what she calls compost tea mm-hmm. on her flowers in her yard and bushes and her houseplants. She lets the she catches the rainwater that drips through her compost, right? And to it, she adds, I think, 
uh, coffee grinds, and I'm not sure, and maybe ground up eggshells, which I know you said don't do anything. But no, but it makes, it makes her feel better, so we're not going to say anything about it. <laughs> and, and she uses it that way and says it, that her plants just love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fine. You know, the, the, when you when you put leaves on the ground and worms eat it, bacteria and fungi, they break it down. They break it down into to, to what we call compost. But plants don't absorb compost. When it rains, it leaches nutrients out of the compost, and that's what plants absorb. And so all she's doing, she's just cutting to the chase. Instead of putting it in the ground and letting it rain do it, she she's just skipping that middle person, going straight to putting the already dissolved stuff on her plant, and it works fine. It doesn't give plants everything they need, but it gives them stuff that regular commercial fertilizers don't. So to me, it's a, it's an it's an excellent thing to do. But is it necessary? No. But you know, it, it's actually a good thing to do. Okay, that's what I needed to share. Okay, Betty. Have, have, have a great weekend. I'm looking forward. And by the way, send that picture. Uh, go go to the easiest way to get a picture to me is, is by email. Go to felderrushing.blog. Not not net, not my website, but a thing called Felder Rushing Blog. It has a little thing that just says email me and click on that. I will do it. Thank oh, you so oh, very much. Okay, Betty, get out and enjoy a beautiful weekend. Um, I'm working on that. <laughs> Bye-bye. Now, Felder, where did this, because you, you mentioned it before, and, and it was a couple couple shows ago about how, you know, eggshells, it makes people feel good, but it's not really anything behind it. How does something get started like that? Because why is it not, instead of eggshells, why is it not banana peels or well, yeah, well, see, banana peels, apple cores? Al- banana peels, apple cores, they do fine because they dissolve into, into liquid stuff that plants can absorb. The idea that eggshells... Eggshells made out of calcium. We know plants like calcium. It keeps uh, blossoming okay. in right. But the, what people don't realize is that eggshells are a different kind of calcium. It doesn't dissolve. You can grind them up and put them in your garden and come back 100 years from now. I can show you those eggshells. But it's a good It has to be broken down in the soil by, by acids converted from calcium carbonate to some other kind of calcium. So it happens over a long time in an acidic soil. But if you want to use eggshells, grind them up, put a little vinegar on them little acetic acid, which is natural, and it fizzes and all, but it converts it into the kind of calcium plants can use. Just working in the dirt, zero effect. And instead of saying that entire spill right there, and somebody comes along and says, I put eggshells in my in my garden, you say, good for you. I say, I say, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's better than just throwing them away. Yeah. You know, but do they? No. Let's go ahead and take uh, one more call. We do have a pledge break coming up. This is a special. We're in the 10 o'clock hour doing the uh, Gustav Gardner. Let's talk to uh, David and Pass Christiane. Morning, David. I was down in the past last weekend. Yeah, I enjoyed that uh, flyover you arranged during the talk. Oh, yeah, Java. I was giving this talk is out, out at the library, and there's all these, you know, on the back of my truck, all these people in their lawn chairs and all. And I stopped in the middle of it because there were two bald eagles flying around over the top of us. Oh wow! Bald eagles. I'm thinking if I had a BB gun, I'd be... no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, it was it was really cool. So, David, appreciate you reminding me of that. What's up? Uh oh, I think Job will get some emails over that. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want. I've got a place up there near you too, uh, and I want to um, transplant some of the suckers off of my banana plants. And mm-hmm. when's the best time to do that? Well, should I put them in pots and wait until spring or what? 
Well, you know, bananas, where they grow normally, they grow year-round. You know, they don't go dormant. They get killed down by frost, and they'll come back up. So, uh, you know, anytime you get around to it, the main thing is you want to get some of the small plants around the outer edges and cut them back to a foot or so tall, slice them off, get a piece of root with them, put them in a pot, and they'll quickly put on new growth. They just think they've been, you know, browsed by an elephant or something. But, I would, you know, cut them back. You could do that pretty much any time, but... Um, you know, down on on the coast, down in the pass, you know, they're not going to die down till we get us, you know, maybe late December, January. So, you know, if you want to go ahead and get a head start on it now, that'd be fine. But the main thing is, once it get cold, they die down, they come back up from from the roots. So, anytime you get around to it, it's just they're not going to start growing again until next spring. Got it. Thank you. All right, appreciate it. We had a big crowd in the past last week. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed getting out and doing stuff literally all over the state. I did make a mistake, Java, a couple of weeks What'd ago. What'd you do? I said that the only place I had not given a talk was Itawamba County. And you made it there. I made it there. It was Issaquina County. Haven't where you haven't been? To, oh, yeah, because okay. Issaquina doesn't have a courthouse uh, or library. They share it with with uh, Roller Fork, uh, Sharkey County. Oh, okay. So it's a Queen of County. We'll have to pick a feel. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, uh, I want to share a couple of things I got from folks this past week, but uh, we're going to take a break, folks. It is live. We got a caller on the line, but give us a call. We'll talk about gardening. But it is drive time, and I deeply thank those of you who support Mississippi Public Broadcast, especially during this program because um, it's just a real special thing. Gardeners helping gardeners. And now we have Kevin Farrell and Robin Gidry. Thanks, Java. You're listening to MPB, the Gestalt Gardener. Kevin Farrell here. Our fall fundraising campaign is sprinting to the finish line. As we've said all week, it takes about three minutes of your time when you go online at mpbonline.org or you can give or uh, text the word give to this number, 888 372-4483. Text it or call it to make your contribution. Thanks very much to everyone who's made a contribution so far. Still a chance on this final day of our drive time. Go ahead, do it now. You know you've been thinking about it all week. So we're calling on you to go ahead and do it right now. Garden, the final front yard frontier. My mission is to explore strange new ground, to seek out new plants and new designs. To boldly grow where few people have grown before. (laughs) Oh, you know, I'm supposed to be a horticulturist, but, you know, this is infotainment. Felder, when I first got here, I think the Jackson Free Press had given you the Spaciest Jackson Award. Yep, that's right. And, I, and I'm going to take that as a compliment, I guess. And by the way, I, folks, I wish that, that, that y'all could have seen Kevin's face when he said, do it now. You don't want to do it. So we do appreciate the folks who support MPB. And we're doing a special second hour of this. And I got some stuff to talk about. Well, we've had guys hanging on to the. On, oh, yeah. You know, Richard has been, been hanging on, from, on from Natchez. Hey, Richard, how are you, man? Man, I'm fine. I thought I was going to have to make a trip to the water closet, man. <laughs> well, grab a cup and let's keep talking. What's up, man? Hey, look, I met you and Java and Java's grandma at Pig Inn this year. That was fun. That was a pretty day, too. 
Yeah, and it, I was proud to meet all of you. My question is, on my property, uh, years ago, I had a pine tree that fell uh, 40, 50 feet long. Uh-huh. The entire trunk is fat. It is all lighter pine. Wow, it's an old tree. Can you tell me why? I mean, normally I'd find stumps that are fat, but could you tell me why that entire trunk is fat? I I, I don't know. know, A lot of people don't understand when you say fat. Explain to them what lighter log is. Because, I mean, I I know it is, but but how would you describe it? Because you got a whole different way of putting things into words. Okay, it's it's full of resin. It's it's what you would take and make turpentine out of when you see these trucks going down the road with tr- uh, with uh, stumps of pine pine trees in their in their cargo. Yeah. But this is uh it's called lighter pine, uh, fat pine, uh, 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 lighter knots. Yeah. It's it's, it's just. It's got more of the intense, uh, the, the sap is, is hard, sort of like maple sap turning into maple syrup inside the tree, except this yes, is pine, yeah, I mean, this is pines. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, it, you know, it, it could be, uh, Richard, you know, some, some species absorb more than others, but it could also be that that particular tree, where its roots were growing, it caused it to, to just not grow as vigorously. You know, a plant that grows real fast is, is not going to have as much of the rosin, and it could be that the plant was in a place where, the tree was in a place where its roots were almost stunted, so it had to, it was growing slowly and sturdy rather than quick and tall like they would for a, for, 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 for making uh, lumber out of. So it could just be that the tree was in a place that's making it just grow slow and steady, and it just packed itself up with the resin instead of spending all of his energy growing tall and big, wide branches. Sounds like he's been doing it a long time, too. So anyway, that's, that's, my, that's my educated guess. I studied plant physiology, but I'm still guessing. Well, I, I, I've got, I got my mind in botany at Southern, uh, but but nothing uh, economic botany, by the way. Yeah. But but nothing ever prepared me for this. Well, like I said, when you study, you know, plant physiology is what makes cells do certain things. You know, it's not just botany, but what what drives the energy and all. And the concentrated uh, pine sap, which we call r- rosin resin, uh, is usually in the older parts of the tree where it's been concentrated for a long time, sort of like making coal. And again, I'm just theorizing that tr- that particular tree was not growing as vigorously, so it concentrated its sap instead of sending out a lot of stems and, and leaves and stuff. That's just a, a good educated guess. Look, I, I, I've already cut off about three or four six-foot sections and given them as gifts to my friends. It's sticky, sticky with sap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but there, there's probably 30 or 40 feet still left on the ground that yeah. this tree was probably 30 inches yeah. at the base yeah. and probably 18 at the top. Yeah. But well, I, I've it, never come across. Interesting question. Interesting question, man. I do appreciate it, but we got a scoop. But And uh, I, I wish we could talk about I got an email the other day. Somebody wanted to know, does a pine tree or does bamboo make more oxygen? Oh, wow. And I, I know the answer because I had to do some head scratching. But that's the kind of stuff, you know, th- here on Think Radio we get into. And I do remember, Richard, we had a good time out there um, in Natchez at the yeah. pig out. Yeah, and yeah. Richard was up there. Oh, yeah. That was, that was a good time. But, yeah, we got a full bank of calls, man. 
Okay, so you ready to go to the next one? Yeah, let's go to um, Jerry in Belmont. Belmont. Hey, Jerry. Good morning. Good morning, Felder. Howdy. What's up? Felder, we we trimmed our azaleas back in May, as always. But because of the unusually wet summer, we got a tremendous regrowth. In yeah, these, and they look ratty now. Yeah, take over winter. Yeah, and we're tempted to cut them back. We know we'll damage the foliage next spring. Yeah. but what would you do? They look look like we yeah. don't care. Okay, and by the way, you know this happens every year, but this year seems to be more than more than normal. What happens when you prune them is they spread out new growth that shoots out really, really tall. And if you don't do anything, it has flowers at the very tips. So everything that's out there right now is going to have flowers on it. And whatever you cut, there go those flowers. Here's what you do in the fall, though. If you'll, if you'll reach into the plant, you know, beneath the canopy of it, a lot of those tall, skinny things are connected at one spot. You can make one cut down into the plant and remove several of those tall things without pruning the overall plant. In other words, just thin out the, the tall stuff down in the canopy. Don't just prune it flush with the top of the plant. But reach down and make a few cuts here and there and get rid of the tall stuff and leave as much of it unpruned as you can. And then do your regular pruning next year. No, just thin out the tall, skinny stuff without cutting the whole plant like a like a shrub. Okay. Well, thanks, Felder. Appreciate okay. that. One other thing. You can keep this happening next year. When you prune it next spring, make a note to go back in June or the first part of July and trim it one more time. Cut the new growth again, and instead of getting long and tall the rest of the summer, it'll bush out with a bushier or more flowers. So, you know, prune hard after the, after the flowers, and then sort of lightly in the end of June, first of July. That'll help it a lot. Very good, Felder. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, yes, sir. But now what? We got callers. I don't know who's next. Oh, I thought your bifocals were working. Uh, <laughs> let's talk to Gail. Uh, now, I really can't tell where Gail is calling from. Where Hebron. You? Hebron. Okay. Yep. Good morning, Gail. How hey. are you? I'm good. <clears throat> I, I'm the one that sent you a picture of my live oak trees. With all the weird stuff on it. Yes. Yeah, and I, I actually forwarded that to myself to look it up, but I, you know, I got it. You said it like night before. Anyway, I haven't had a chance. But I, I have. Have you found out something since since I said I don't know? No, I was going to go by the extension office and see if they knew. Well, I do that, but you know, at the same time, it, it's at the top. I, I had actually forwarded it to myself last night to look it up today. But okay. but nothing nothing to worry about right now. I don't think it's a problem on your tree, but I just hadn't had a chance to do my head scratching yet. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, appreciate it. Uh-huh. Now, what's, class, what's, what's they, classified they, as weird stuff? Well, it's, uh, it's it's got like long, skinny, little brown hair sticking out of the stems. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, but but notice this: people hold my feet to the fire. Oh yeah, come on, Felton. <laughs> you you set you set yourself up because you answer basically and all your emails. <laughs> I, I you know and people I don't, come I to don't, expect it. I don't know it all, and I have to do some researching too. So anyway, there you go. Now let's let's slide way up north to Holly Springs. Hey Gwen, how are you today? Hey Felder. Hello. Listen, I've got a dead elm tree. Mm-hmm. And it's got the grandfather of all poison ivies. Now, when I cut that down and I remo- if I remove the bark, can I burn that wood in a wood stove? 
Uh, yes, as long as it doesn't have the, the poison ivy vine on it, because the poison ivy vine has got the oil in it that can cause poison ivy through the smoke inside your lungs. Well, that's just in the bark, huh? Well, you know, the, the vine, it's a, poison ivy is a hairy vine. You know, if you just pull it off of the, of, you know, in other words, just get it down to just the tree. I wouldn't worry about it at all. Okay, thanks a bunch. That's a great question, but thank you. That is a great question. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's all about the oil, the yep. poison ivy oil, not that's, so much the, the, the plant. That's right. And by the way, let me throw throw this out. I, I wanted to mention this, that uh, um, I have some notes here. Oh, Magnolia flag, Mississippi Magnolia flag. Uh-huh. I got the very first one last year. When they were voting to approve it, I immediately ordered one. But I had to replace it a couple of weeks ago because after over a year of being out in the weather, it started to get kind of faded. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I got the other one hanging up in my house. But, uh, you know, this time of year with the goldenrod and the fall flowers and stuff like that is a pretty flag. Pretty I bel- <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Now, today is a special uh, edition if you're not used to hearing from uh, nobody. This is the first time it's happened. Here in Felder in the 10 o'clock hour, we are taking your um, – Taking your Southern Gardening questions, one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We do have a a, a pledge ba- pledge break coming up with uh, Michael Gidry and Kevin Farrell. But uh, Felder, you said in the last hour you're going to be in Mobile next Saturday. Next correct? Saturday, that's right, ten o'clock next Saturday for uh, plant swap. It's a really good plant swap. It's at the Central Presbyterian Church, which is an old part of town, uh, St. Anne and, and Dolphin Street. It's a really cool—a lot of people show up. It's really, really easy. It's easy and fun. And I'll be there in my truck with all the stuff growing in the back. Now, we've played a lot of cheesy tunes, and uh, one that's become like another tradition uh, with gut, like Gus Muhammad is when you were in the pub. A <laughs> pub in England, <laughs> northern England, which is like really rural. And the guys were trying to spell Mississippi. Go for it. And keep in mind, they were drinking room temperature beer. (laughs) Okay, I'm at a pub, and I'd like to find out how these spell Mississippi in northern English. Well, it's M-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-
So now we are taking your Southern Gardening questions, one 672 7464 Craig from Biloxi, we appreciate you calling in. Hold on, we're going to come to you, but we can get your call right now, one 877 mpb ring one 672 7464 But with a more important number, I will say that just for today, a more important number as we are in our final day of our fall fun drive Pledge. <laughs> now, Pledge. I had one of those famous Felder uh, brain farts. Okay, so now we're going to talk with Michael Gidry and Kevin Farrell. Oh boy, cheesy tunes, man. The one thing that people aren't seeing is every time I play a song, you look to Kevin and Michael and say, have you heard this one? (laughs) Have you heard this one? It's like, but we got about 75%. No, I had never heard this one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, before we take this other call, uh, let me mention this. This past summer, I was, I, I think, the only... American journalist to cover the opening of the new Royal Horticulture Society Botanic Garden called Bridgewater or Bridge Bridge North, Bridge North, up and out from Manchester, England. I think I was the only American journalist to cover it, and they had these beautiful flower borders that people are walking by, just taking pictures of over and over and over. These these plants are talking about waist high to overhead high, stunning borders over and over and over, repeated groups of plants, and eighty percent of them. Four out of every five was native to Mississippi. Just something we take for granted. We take it for granted. But they but they take these great plants and they put them in groups and then repeat the groups. And they have these beautiful borders. And they're from Mississippi. You can have that in your own garden. There you go. So anyway, let's go down to Biloxi and talk with Craig. I appreciate you holding, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. How about you? So far, so good. Not so bad. Yeah, okay. I have some uh, three... Three greenhouse questions is one is how do the, how do you pollinate things in a greenhouse? A good question. If it needs if if the pollen has to go from one flower to another, you know, not separate mail, you got to do it by hand. What they do in commercial greenhouses with uh, with like tomatoes and peppers, you know, they're supported on strings or you know, cages, whatever. They go by. They got a little machine that shakes the things. You know, you can shake the pollen loose by thumping the the plants or thumping the the stems or, or, or the supports it's on. But you got to shake the pollen loose. Oh, okay. No, there's no bees. They don't put bees in them, huh? No, no, they don't. You know, there are some little pollinating flies, but uh, it's hard to grow things that have separate male and female flowers. You know, things of squash and and cucumbers, they pollinate those by hand. It sounds kind of kinky, but it works. Okay. uh, uh, The second one would be uh, what kind of glass or plastic would be best? Uh, I have some sliding doors I want to use. I use I actually use the sliding doors myself uh, on on mine because they're easier. Um, if you're going to go with, pl- you know, it, it doesn't really matter. The plastic has to be replaced from time to time. The glass is more or less permanent. But keep in mind that even on the coast, you don't need glass on the north side of your greenhouse if you're building one. We get no light in the wintertime from the north. It's all from from the south. So if you have a solid wall with the greenhouse built on the south side of it, you have less heating to do, and you get all the energy you need from 
from the south. So a freestanding greenhouse is for for most home gardeners isn't necessary, and it's a it t- costs a lot more to build and to heat than just a simple lean to on the south side of let's say a, a compost bin or a shed or something. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and my last question here has to do with the carbon dioxide to kill the bugs in a greenhouse. Is that no? That's common? not a, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Nope. Okay, okay. I was I was researching CO two for something. You get, and instead you, it will kill bugs. If you research. Oh yeah, it will if it's highly concentrated. But uh, you yeah, know, this is you know you're not going to make it back to the door if you have that much in your own greenhouse. It, it's it's not a, it's in real life is not a thing. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't know. I couldn't find that. If it, if it was, you could just you know you could just blow on them. You know, car. You know, between the carbon yeah. dioxide and the beer, that'll take care of a lot of plants. Yeah. On, on that on that same thing, do you have to? Do these greenhouses have to be vented real Ab- well? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Now, for one thing, okay. it's going to get too hot. You know, greenhouse can overheat just like a just like leaving a you know a goldfish in a in a car on a hot day with the windows rolled. You got to vent them to keep them cool in, in even in the wintertime on a sunny day. Right. I plan on putting vent up way high and ne- and then next to the ground. Or just, or just just a little a little window, or leave the door propped open. It's, you know, just something for the heat to escape. Okay, so it's, yeah, okay, and that, that would be it for me. Thank you. All right, appreciate it, and I hope you're supporting us during the drive time. I ain't gonna say any more. Bye. Well, uh, well, something awesome did happen, and I think it's continued to happen. Uh, people are calling into the show to get yeah. the pledge number. Cool. So one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four to get your answers to your I, I, southern gardening you, you questions. Lost, you lost me on all those numbers. One is eight seven seven ring MPB MPB ring, ring. Our general every Friday number. Yeah, that which, they call. Are, which are letters? I can remember MPB ring. MPB ring. Yeah. But the drive time thing is eight 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 three seven two four four eight three. Which spells give. Yes. <laughs> we we get so he, he nods from, the, okay. from the higher ups. <laughs> okay, let's let's squeeze in another couple of calls. Uh, we're going down to Kosciuszko and talk to TJ. Hey, TJ. Hey, Felder, how are you doing? Fine, fine. What's going on? I, I got – you're going to know what I'm talking about. And when you go back to uh, England, you can share this with them to how to spell Mississippi. <laughs> okay. The way I learned to spell it, because I'm an old Delta boy, and you probably know this. I'm from the Delta. M- I know. Am I crooked letter? I crooked letter. I hump back, hump back I. <laughs> That's, you, you remember that? Of course I do. And not yeah. all that, but they say that in England, too. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, good. Cool, man. Hey, I, I got to share right, something with you real quick, TJ. When I'm in England, what? they find out from Mississippi. They all know Mississippi. They think Elvis and Oprah and the blues and all that. They always say, have you ever been to the Delta? They always say that because the Delta blues. And, you know, TJ, I flunked out of Moorhead. <laughs> you don't you don't flunk out of Mississippi Delta Junior College because you're dumb because they'll work with you. I partied out of Mississippi Delta Junior. Yeah, I'm from the Delta. Anyway, appreciate yeah. your call, man. Well, good good job, Mohead. <laughs> Go ahead. See ya. <laughs> All right, bye. 
And by the way, Jeff, congratulations on the game last week. I heard a boom at my house, and I'm three quarters of a mile away. Yeah, last last Saturday, Jackson State's homecoming, uh, the biggest homecoming, uh, uh, HBC homecoming, HBCU homecoming uh, in history, 53,000 packed into the Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium, and it was a great win. Yeah, uh, the cars are backed up all the way to Meadowbrook and on the interstate because I was trying to get to my house. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah the tra- the traffic was really 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 bad, but it was a good it was a good time. It was a good time. We appreciate all the folks who have supported MPB during the whole week, but particularly during this program. I really really appreciate it, and um, and uh, we we're gonna get through another year. We're gonna have a good time. Anytime I can promote something y'all are doing guarding wise. Let us do it. It's a community. We create a community here at MPB. And uh, and by the way, Ryder Taft, who does the, the, the money thing. Yeah, Money Talks, yeah, Tuesdays yeah. at 9. I got him to help me with my stuff. He saved me enough money where I need to pledge during his program. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Ryder, Ryder is good at uh, at what he does. He's a young thing, but he knows his stuff. Yeah, no, nah, Ryder, Ryder knows yeah. what he's talking about. Yeah. So it's, it's it's been a fun two hours. Yeah, no, nah, it's 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 been fun. Uh, time is zooming by, but you still have time to support the Pledge Drive. Um, is an awesome awesome prize today, which includes uh, a, a a brand new Kindle, uh, Amazon gift card, so you can fill it up with books. Also, you get some some old school physical books uh, from the uh, from the man Felder Rushing. You said three three of your most important. Now that, I didn't like this statement. Well, you know, I've I've written like. 30-something books, but there's only three that are what I call the three chords, the thing, three things that are important in my life to share. Good plants, good gardening, and good people. You can't have a garden without good plants. Plant them well and good people to, to create a garden. And that's what pass along plants, slow gardening, and maverick gardeners. With the maverick gardeners that came out this spring, it featured Dr. Dirt, who was my co-host here for years and years. He passed away, but he was one of the best gardeners I've ever met on earth. Grew all sorts of stuff, shared with others, and he planted in plain old D-I-R-T dirt. Yeah, Dr. Dirt. And uh, when we were going around uh, with Felder on the road, a lot of people would often come up and, yep. you know, have different stories and, and, and things about Dr. Dirt. Well, I want to share a couple of things real, real quick. Yeah, come on. Think, you know, I've done some good stuff. I've done some bad things. Admit the, the bad thing that I did was there's a crab apple tree at a church in my neighborhood. <laughs> okay. And nobody ever picks them. I've been watching them for years. So this year I picked a whole bunch of crab. I stole them from the church. <laughs> but I made I made preserves with it and shared it with other people. So I tried to make a, I spread it out, got it off the church grounds and put it out in the community, which is sort of like what we're doing here with MPB. And um, the other thing is I've got, I've got these really weedy plants in my area. Yeah, they're beautiful, but they come up from seeds everywhere. It's called purple perilla. And it comes up everywhere. So what I did was uh, last week is I cut my plants down. I shook the seeds upside down in a, in a, a trash can. And I've got a great big double handful, and I'm throwing them out my truck window. Just to let them fly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm putting them in other people's yards, and they're so pretty, they're not going to know. So you know? you're doing your own form of gorilla garden. Gorilla garden. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Along the roadside, whatever. I'm, I'm taking wildflowers and other things, and I'm, and I'm like Johnny Appleseed. Of the weed. I'm the Johnny Weed Seed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And I don't take it back either. No, that's, no, that's, that's all right. That's all right, fella. That's all right. <laughs> so anyway, now what? That's Can a- we squeeze in another quick cheese? Because I, I know Kevin and them are ready to talk about stuff. How you want? Yeah, we can squeeze in another cheese, too. Do, you sent me. Come come on. Give me, do, give me your do, request. Do the kale one. 
with you with Susan? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this is this is another classic. This is another classic. It's been brought to your attention that you frequently recommend a particular type of kale. They'll say lacinata. They'll say blue kale, and then they'll struggle with third one, the purple kind. They might struggle with that. But anyway, you go and ask them all. You can ask anybody down at MPB. <laughs> and if you don't know, they ain't listening. <laughs> and she actually, and this was recorded secretly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lawson, <laughs> my favorite kale. If you don't know it, you ain't listening. That's a that's a good one. That's a, that's a nice way to end in today's uh, drive time show. Take it away, guys. Dear Felder, dear Felder, we sure love your show. You play cheesy music and share what you know about gardening and fun things and making things pretty and helping us all, even kids, to get dirty. Sign, dear gardener. Dear gardener, dear gardener, I love what we do. By planning and tending, we help the world too. Your phone calls and emails help Java and me jive. Now please call, support us, and keep this show live. Sign, dear Felder.